0: We're in part two of a series called God's Family Series. Uh, We're talking about the family of God, and uh, we're just primarily looking at Luke 8. We're going through the entire book of Luke, which is a very long book, and we're in chapter 8. It's going to probably take us a few more years to finish this up, but uh, hang in there. Don't worry. We're trying to make it interesting every step of the way so you don't lose interest. I don't know what Luke was thinking when he wrote this. Okay, but um, so chapter eight is a very interesting book, uh, interesting chapter because chapter eight is what we call a transitionary chapter. The things that happen from chapter one through seven is somewhat different from chapter nine on because from chapter nine on, there seems to be this one focus that, that Luke is trying to convey to us and chapter eight is that transition. And so uh, Luke decides to use chapter 8 as a way to kind of talk about some interesting issues. And here he talks about the family of God. And uh, last week we talked about a, um, a parable, and we'll recap that in a second. But today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8, verses 16 through 18. Chapter, six, chapter 8, 16 through 18. We're only looking at three verses today. So today might be one of my shortest sermons, which everybody said yay. ate. <laughs> <Yay. laughs> I know you got to eat on time. Okay. <laughs> I'll find a way to stretch it out. Don't worry. So, um, but as as if you know me at all, you'll know that you know. If I were to talk about one section of the scriptures out of context, it would irk me to no end. So I want to kind of recap what happened before, which is chapter eight, verses one through fifteen. Which is last week we talked about the parable of the sword. Now, if you weren't here last week, I'm sure you've heard of the parable before, right? Where. There's a guy who's a farmer who's sowing seeds just out of his pouch, He's just scattering seeds all around. And we talked about how these seeds and this act of the sower doing this is actually uh, is Jesus' way of saying that God is always giving good gifts. God is always speaking and making good things happen all around us, but not all of us see it. So what we picked up from last week is this, is, is that, that the, the parable of the sower is that our Heavenly Father is a generous God. He just wants to make sure that he gives what he could give. And and, you know, he, and the problem with this world isn't that he's not giving us enough good things. The problem with this world is that we don't recognize it. And so we talked about the different state of the heart, right? Depending on how your heart is, you might miss out on his gift or you might you know, toss away his gift. So we kind of summarized it this way. That we don't get his gifts because either, A, we're blind, we are blind to the good gifts that God has given us. We're so focused on the way the world works in our lives and how we could please the way that the world wants us to behave that we ignore or sometimes we walk right over, we trample right on top of the things that God has given us. Or the second thing is that his good gifts are inconvenient to us. God gives us love and, for- and forgiveness. And now God's like, okay, now I've given it to you. I want you to go and do likewise to other people. And you're like, ah, I don't know. That's kind of, I enjoy avoiding the people I don't like. And so, you know that gift you gave me of forgiveness? And I don't need it right now. And so either we don't see it or it's inconvenient to us. And so for those two reasons, we often reject the gift of God. Now, in that parable of the four different types of soils, the very last soil was called the good soil. It's the kind of heart that recognizes God's gift around us and we accept it, Right? and when we accept it we're not rejecting it because we're like yes i accept the responsibilities of this right now the very next parable that we're going to talk about today only three verses okay this next section of the of the scriptures is going to be talking about now that i received god's good gift whatever that might be okay whatever it is i received so the question we're going to ask today is this what do we do with our father's good gifts what do we do with it so jesus starts this parable by talking about a really interesting illustration. Now, before I go into this illustration, remember what we talked about last week? I said the best way to interpret parables is to read the passages with first-century eyes but ask 21st-century questions. We have to read it in the context that was given originally. So when, in, in this parable, they're going to be talking about things like lamps. Now, when you think of a lamp, I don't want you to think about your nightstand. When you think about a lamp, I want you to think about the lamps that they used in the first century. Now there's different variations of what kind of lamps they use, but I have a picture of one of the older ones. This happened. Bef- this is a picture. Of these these are pictures of a of lamps from a long time ago. No, this is not a poop emoji. Somebody said that looks like a poop emoji. It is not. But basically, it's a bowl, and one part of it is pinched. Okay, and so you put olive oil into the open area, and you put a wick on the end, uh, the the pinched area, and then you light it on fire. Okay, that's that's. That's a lighter. Okay, they didn't use a lighter back then. The, I don't know how they lit fires, but they did that, and it would stay lit for the entire night if they have to have it lit for a long time. And the size of this usually is either about the size of my two hands put together or smaller. It's really so it's, it's smaller than you think it is. This is a picture of it when it's actually lit, so you can see the wick right there, and it's lit. You know that's what it looks like. So it's not something you could just turn on and turn off. It's not you know a clap on you know. You know that's an old reference, right? Okay. <laughs> Younger people are like, "What is Scotts doing?" Okay. Do you guys know? No. Okay. Okay. Now it's lucky I used your app, so you can't just turn it on, and off, and on and off with your lamp. Okay. So, in order to understand to this parable that Jesus is going to teach, we have to understand what a lamp looks like, because Jesus is about to say something completely ridiculous, and you won't understand the ridiculousness of it until you understand what a lamp looked like back then. Okay. Are we cool with that? You guys understand what a lamp looks like okay it's actually hot you can actually burn yourself okay it's not an led light where you can touch and it's still not hot okay i want to make sure you understand that because in order to understand the parable you have to understand that much okay so let's start the parable from verse 16. no light uh, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed okay So immediately you're thinking, oh, I know what Jesus is talking about here. And he's actually making two points. And the first point, you probably guessed on your own, right, which is this. Overprotecting, here we go, overprotecting God's good gift can keep it from fulfilling its purpose. So somebody gives you this lamp, and you're like, this is so good, this is from God, and this is thank you so much. I have this heart of gratitude, I'm gonna worship you, I'm gonna thank you. This is the best lamp I've ever received, and look at it, it's lighting up the whole room. I need to take good care of it. And that's a good thing to say to say that this is a good gift. I need to do everything I can to protect it. But when you overprotect it to the point where you're putting it in a jar or you're putting it under a bed, then it's not lighting the room anymore and therefore it's not able to fulfill its purpose anymore. So that's the first point that Jesus is making here. He's saying when God gives you a good gift, being protective because of the value of it, if you protect it too much, it's actually not fulfilling its original purpose. Okay, but the second point is the point that I wanna focus on today. Because notice that God said, Jesus said, do not put it in a jar or put it under a bed. Now, back in those days, jars, okay, I was talking to Val about this, my wife about this, and we're like, Tupperware, you know, like we have a whole bunch of them under like this, in this little cabinet area. And whenever we have extra food, we just go there and say, oh, we'll use this size. And we just put the food in there, put it in the refrigerator and we open it up at midnight when I'm hungry and I start eating it, right? But that's not the situation in the first century. In the first century, you didn't have a whole cabinet of open jars that you could just use. Especially in older, like especially in poorer families, you had just enough jars for the things that you already had. That means you don't have empty jars lying around in the house. You already had fluid liquids in there, or you had grains and wheat or whatever. Anything that's important to you was in those jars. So when Jesus says no one takes a lamp and puts it in a jar. He's implying at this point in the parable that somebody has to dump something out of their jar so that they could cover up the light that God has given them. So you're wasting food. You're wasting something important for you. And then the next imagery he uses is, and nobody puts a lamp under a bed. Now there's two types of bed back then depending on your social economic status. If you're really poor, you've laid on a mat. You just unroll it and you just put it on the floor and you just sleep there for the night. But if you were a little more rich, you had a cot. It was slightly elevated off the ground. And this is probably what Jesus is talking about because it's impossible to put a lamp under a mat, right? But let me ask you a question. If you put a lit lamp, remember, it's not a light bulb, it's fire, under a cot, what happens to the bed? Yes, very good. It catches on fire. Now, when Jesus said this parable, I'm sure people were laughing, which you guys totally missed Jesus' punchline, so mmm. If you, don't get God, if, you get, if you don't get God's sense of humor, then I can't help you. But, okay, he's saying, in the name of protecting the gift, the very good gift that God has given you, and this is, not, this is not a denial of the goodness of God's gift, okay? This is God saying, this is a very good gift. I acknowledge the fact that it's very good. I'm happy that you're trying to protect it. But if you're keeping it from fulfilling its original purpose, instead you're protecting it to a point you're putting it in a jar, wasting food, or you're putting it under a bed, causing a fire, Right? The second point he's making is a very interesting one. He's saying this overprotecting God's good gift can actually cause harm. God has given everybody here a gift. And for you to just hoard it and hold on to it, not because you're a bad person, remember, we're talking about the people with a good soil heart. So this is not an h- issue of the heart. We're talking about people who have a good heart. They're grateful. They're like, thank you, Jesus, for this gift. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's, God has given you a lot of strength. You're like a strong guy or a strong girl. You know, you're just strong. You know? and, and instead of using that strength to use and help other people, you're just using it for yourself, just to protect yourself. You're not helping to protect anybody else. He says that is not only if you're keeping the gift that God has given you, your strength, you're not just keeping it from fulfilling the purpose that I gave it you for in the first place, but it's actually holding, it's actually harming the people around you, people are in, who are in need, who need big muscles, you know? They're actually being injured because you're not there helping them. Or, or maybe God has given you the gift of earning a lot of money. You have a lot of money in the bank, right? And I'm not saying give it all away, I mean, if, unless you want to. You can send it to me too if you want. But, <laughs> but what he's saying is God has given you this special gift, some talents maybe, that will help you make a lot of money right and he says yes you can use it for your family use it for yourself buy that car you want sure if you want to do that that's totally fine but if you're just using it for yourself if you're not using it to help the people who are in need you're not only a keeping it fulfilling the purpose that God gave it to you in the first place for right but you're actually causing harm in the community Maybe you have this gift of woo. You're able to bring people together. Maybe in high school you were a popular kid and you're like, yeah, I don't do anything. I just People just flock to me, right? He's saying, if that is a gift God has given you, you need to use it in the way that God intended to be used by you or else you or your community will be harmed by it, by the lack of use. It's a talent. Whatever talent you have, you're supposed to use it to help the community, to advance the kingdom of God. But if you're not doing that, it can actually cause harm to the ones you love. Remember, this parable is not about greed. You have a good heart. It's, 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 about, it's not about bad hearts. It's not about that. It's actually about, you no, know, you have a good heart. That's why you're able to receive and acknowledge that God has given you a good gift, right? But at that point, you're looking around saying, like, this is so good. I love this so much. I'm going to hold on to it. But what Jesus is talking about here is not just a matter of whether I should hoard or actually utilize the thing that God has given me. What he's really talking about here is the worldview that we all have. You see, because people, when you receive a lamp from God, a really good gift, and you want to hold on to it, it implies something about the way you see the world. It implies that this is the one and only thing that you're ever going to receive from God, right? Because there's a limited amount of resources in this world. My professor in seminary, he called it this. He called it the myth of scarcity versus the litany of abundance. This is what he means by that. People who believe there's a limited amount of resources in the world, that God has stopped speaking good words into this world, right meaning if God has given me something special I better hold on to it because there's nothing like this in, else in the world if you that's if that's the way you see the world then it makes sense to hold on to the thing anything good that God has given to you and just use it for yourself it's like this is the greatest short rep I've ever had in my life I'm not gonna share it with anybody else because I'm never gonna be able to experience this ever again like I'm just gonna hold on to it because this is my food mine mine nobody else right kind of like my kids, they do that a lot, like mine, <laughs> but th- in their minds, this is actually perfect, right, because in their minds, they think that another, there is not another one like this that's going to come along the way in the future, right. right, but for those of you who believe that God has actually continued to bless this world, continue to bless you, continue to give good gifts into this world, then it's easier for you to say, you know what, God gave this to me, but you know what, there's abundance, I believe that God is going to bless me, not just today, but also tomorrow, and if not tomorrow, the day after that, and so here, and you're, it's easier for you to let go of it because you believe in this idea of abundance. So Jesus is basically saying, you have a good heart, you're a good soil person, right? He's giving you some good things. Why are, you having, have a, why are you having such a hard time letting go? Do you realize that your God is very, very generous, right? Because if you don't believe that God is generous, then it makes sense for you to hold on to it so the world that we live in is the question right the question is this what kind of world do you think we live in do we live in a world where everything is like is everything's limited that God stopped sowing into this world or do you believe that God is still speaking goodness into this world so it's not just believing what kind of world do I live in today right it's actually a deeper question of this which is do you believe that God is still sowing is God still giving good gifts to the world? Because if he is, it'll be easier for you to let go of the good thing that God gave you today because you believe that tomorrow God's going to keep sowing goodness into your life. So what are we supposed to do, Jesus? What are we supposed to do? So Jesus gives us an answer in the next verse, verse 16. Instead, they put it on a stand. We're talking about the lampstand, the, the lamp. You put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Now, this is very interesting. He's basically saying this. He's not saying... Use a light so that your family could have a nice romantic dinner. He's not saying that. He's saying whoever comes into your house, whoever comes into that room, anybody. It could be your neighbor. It could be the guy from far away. You know, it could be your grandmother. It could be anybody. He's like, this light is meant for everybody who comes into your house. It's not just for you and your family. It's for everybody, right? In other words, God's good gift is basically for the benefit of everyone. Any good gift that God has given you, if you just use it for yourself, then you're misusing it. If God has given you something good, it's meant to be shared with the people around you because the gift that God has given you was meant for the blessings of the people around you. And I think this is the problem with the Old Testament. There's people in the Old Testament who God blessed over and over and over again, but the issue was... They held on to it because they're like, we're special. We're God's people. We're God's children. It's ours. It's ours. Nobody else gets it. You are not part of God's family, so this blessing is not meant for you. And that was the issue that they had. But in the New Testament, Jesus shows up and says, the Old Testament guys messed it up. They totally screwed up. What they need to do instead is whatever God gives you, they need to use it to bless the world. They need to bless the people who are your enemies even. And remember, those days, enemies are the people who killed your family and so we're not just talking about people we have a grudge against he says the light is not just meant for you it's meant for the people who persecute you also and all of a sudden the people who are listening to this are like oh, this is a deep lesson jesus i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this you know what this lesson you just gave me is actually a light in itself so i'm just gonna hold on to it just like wait nope 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 i have more to tell you it's like oh okay what is it verse 17 for there is nothing hidden That will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open now this is an interesting idiom that they used in the old uh, in the old testament to the new testament this is what he means by this god gives you something good right you're following so far god gives you something good and you can take that and if you don't conceal it you're actually giving it like the goodness of the gift itself is still intact with the gift as you give it away to the people around you so god's goodness transfers from you from god to you to the rest of the world right but if it comes to you and you hold on to it eventually it's going to burn down your bed or you know you're going to be like there's going to be evidence that you held on to this gift and that it actually is causing harm and it leaks out that way so he's like either way the good gift that god gave you is going to ooze out or leak out or you know be sent out from the person who received it it's up to you if you want to have it as a good if you want it to come out as good or if you want it to come out as harm so it's like there's like everything that you received so far anything that's good is actually going to be released into the public right the question here is do you want it to be good when it comes out or do you want it to cause harm when it comes out so disciples are like oh jesus i don't know if you could take this teaching <laughs> like this what am i supposed to do with this and then jesus is like well let me conclude my teaching because this is you know i know i've given you too much to chew on so here we go verse 18. therefore consider carefully how you listen Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. It's like, what? Like, what do you mean by that, Jesus? Like, yeah, I just taught you something really important, and if you hold on to it, right, and if you're responsible, you do something with it in the right way, then God wants to give you more good things. But if you don't use it in the right way, even the good things that's given to you, it's going to rot, and it's going to be turned into something that's bad. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah, so... Okay, so we're using a translation of the Bible called the NIV, New National Version. But here's another translation of it called the Message. This might help you understand a little bit better. It says, so be careful that you don't become misers of what you hear. I had to look up the word misers. Misers are people who, who take in as much as they can and they spend as little as they can. So, you know, they're like super greedy people. Okay, Generosity begets generosity. When you go and give things away to people, it actually becomes a chain reaction where you want to be generous to other people right? But stinginess, it impoverishes. Jesus is saying you could be the source of a chain reaction of goodness in this world, or you could be the beginning of a chain reaction of stinginess in this world. So it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Which side of the story do you want to stand on? God loves you, and he wants to pour as much as he wants like all this goodness into you because he doesn't stop sowing goodness into everybody's life. But it's up to you if you want God to keep doing that in your life, because if you don't, then all the goodness of God that's pouring in through you is going to come out as something that's really stinky and something that's rotten, something that's not good for the world. In other words, God, the Father's good gifts are only good in the hands of generous people. So what has God given you? Has God given you hospitality? Hospitality? This heart of hospitality, but you're not doing anything with it? Has God given you a lot of influence, but you're keeping that influence to yourself just to, you know, to surround yourself with people who always agree with you? What are you doing with the gift that God has given you? Are you crazy smart? <laughs> are, you using, are you using that smartness just for your own gain, or are you using it to help the people around you? What really irks me is sometimes there's people who've, who've been given the gift of strength and authority. And they use it to, to abuse other people, to bully other people, when you're supposed to be using that same strength to protect the people they are actually bullying. What gift has God given you? And are we generous with that gift? Because if we're not, it could actually end up causing harm. Now, what's interesting is um, uh, kind of the story. Um, in 1999, January, well, on, let me get the prop. I have a prop right here for you guys. In 1999, January is when I got baptized, and when I got baptized, I had a group of friends who were like, whoa, congratulations, Cots!" and they gave me a Bible, and this is the first Bible, this big fat Bible, it's a study Bible, it has all these great notes on the bottom, and my first sermon was preached out of this Bible. I remember somebody was like, hey, Cots, can you preach? And I'm like, I've never done that before, so just study this passage and say what God's you, I'm like, okay, so I would just read through it and and I'm look at the notes on the bottom, which really never helps, by the way. If you've ever had a Bible like this, the information down here is like, did you know? And like, yeah, I didn't know that, but it doesn't really help with the sermon. Um, but it, it has a close, oh, on the front page, it actually has, like, it says congratulations presented to, here's your baptism date. You know, it was, like, it was a really special Bible to me, and I grew up with this Bible. I studied it. As you can tell, the pages are worn out, and um, I always left it on my bookshelf because it was A special gift for my friends which i believe was a gift from god and i'm like i'm gonna take good care of this bible and it has those flimsy pages there's pencil markings in here and i could tell but like i was put squares and underlined things i just was obsessed with studying this book right here um and then i had kids and i don't know if you you know if you're a parent then you'll know that you want to encourage your kids to get used to reading through books and so one of the exercises that we learned that we should do is teach our kids how to flip through pages. And so when my son, so he's five year, years old now, but this is when he was like one or two, we would buy him books, these little you know thick page books, right? It's made of cardboard. you know, And, and, the, and he would just flip through pages. And we're like, good job, Justin. Good job on flipping through the pages. And eventually, I guess one day, I took this out of my bookshelf and I was studying the passages, I was reading it, and then I lift it out there. And then next thing I know, I hear the sound of like, like this sound like, like this sound? It's like, it's a nice sound, right? But the paper is so thin. And then I start hearing, like, like ripping sounds. Like, what? <laughs> what, what, what? What's this, right? Now, if you know me, you know, okay, let me see if you guys really know me here, okay? What's my favorite book in the Bible? Yeah, Genesis is my favorite book. And the second place to that would be Exodus, okay? The very page that Justin tore out. Okay, I don't know if you could tell, but... Um, <laughs> Here's Genesis, and here is Exodus. And there are some pages that are taped together because I was able to find the, all the pieces together. And I was so disappointed, <laughs> to say the least. I was actually angry. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, no, don't use that Bible. Like, okay, imagine a pastor telling his son, don't use the Bible. Don't read it. <laughs> I'm telling him, right? And, and, and I was, like, frustrated with him. Like, this is an important gift from God to me. This is my Bible. I got, it has a date on it. It has the names of the people who gifted this to me. I, this is a gift from God. No, no, no don't open that bible now why, why would i say that right but now i think back right but you know as as a father i want to be able to teach justin that it is good to flip through the pages of the bible you know but for some reason because the value i put on the bible was so much bigger than it actually was that i ended up uh, you know un- inadvertently teaching him this lesson that i mean to teach him which is that daddy's bible is more important than you getting comfortable with flipping through the pages of the Bible and that didn't rest well with me either because okay here's the thing when you believe when, when you start taking things that somebody's gifted you and you start overprotecting it because of the value of it and in doing so you're actually causing harm to other people when you're doing that you're actually making a, a, a statement and the statement is this that God has stopped sowing goodness in your life and so you have to hold on to the things that, from the past that God has given you god is going to give me more memories in the future he's gonna give me he's gonna give me more good gifts in the future things that are gonna have a lot more significant value than the day i actually got baptized right and for me to say don't don't no 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 i know in the future i'm gonna have a bible and it's gonna have some significance i don't know maybe on this bible you know justin accepts christ or i don't know whatever it is right and i know that those things in the future are gonna have more value than the day i got baptized but for some reason I was discouraging my son from flipping through the pages of the Bible for the sake of the value that that that, that the Bible, the, the my, my study Bible had. What is the thing that you are holding on to so tightly that you're actually causing harm to the people around you? To hold on to something so tightly is to believe that God is done with you, that God has done giving good things into this world, and therefore you should hold tight of everything that God has given you. But if you believe that God has greater things in the future for you, that God is a good father, then it's easier to let go. It's easier to let go and bless the people with things that God has already given you. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's pray.